Hello, everyone. This is Historian Splaining. A historian tells you why everything you know is wrong. So I'm going to give you the latest installment in my series on the history of the United States in 100 Objects, and it will be about the Dorian Mission Seal. But before I get into that, I have a couple of significant uh, announcements. Uh, my life, as usual, is complicated, and I've been sort of hiving off my personality into various parts, like uh, like Sally Field in, in Sybil. So firstly, I created a new separate Twitter account just for this podcast, Historian Splaining. And uh, I'll put the handle in the description so you can see it. And I'm going to try to keep up with more regular announcements and questions specifically about this podcast. So please go and follow uh, that account rather than just uh, my personal account, which I'm going to try to have more uh, separated. And in addition to that, a friend and I have started making recordings for another uh, different podcast, which will be more about contemporary political issues with a particular focus on Massachusetts and New England. And it's called Mass of Contradictions. And uh, if you're interested, I encourage you to look through. Uh, we will have a page up on SoundCloud, on uh, Patreon, and a Twitter account. So I encourage you to follow us on those platforms at Mass of Contradictions, and I'll put some of the links in the descriptions. So if you're curious about my opinions, about contemporary issues, about regional issues, then I encourage you to take a look. Uh, if not, then don't. There may be things you'll like, maybe things you won't. There is also some swearing. I don't remember exactly how much. Listener discretion advised. But apart from those announcements, let's talk about object number seven which, as I said, is called by historians the Dorian Mission Seal. It's a very unique and important object, the only Spanish mission seal that's ever been found in the United States. It's made of bronze, around four inches long, in a shape that can be handheld and used to stamp the seal into wax. The date when it was made is unknown, but it's estimated possibly around 1685 in Spain. So I'm going to start off first with this one by talking about how it was found and why it's called the name that it is. So in 1984, a retired couple named George and Dottie Dorian were having contractors dig out foundations for a new house that they wanted to build on a plot of land that they had bought on Amelia Island. And that's a large barrier island at the far northeastern corner of Florida at the beginning of what we call the Sea Islands. And while this excavation was underway, some bones were found that seemed as if they might be part of human remains. So reportedly, George and Dottie Dorian's friends advised them to simply cover over that spot and continue the work rather than have it possibly be delayed or even prevented 
by archaeological excavations. But instead, George and Dottie Dorian put the project on hold and hired a team of archaeologists from Piper Archaeological Research to start excavating the plot of land. And they soon found that it was actually the site of a Spanish mission to the local Indians that had long been known to exist, but the precise location of which had been lost and unknown for centuries. According to the AP, Dottie Dorian said, quote, what difference does another year or two make? We're not in any rush to build the house. I think we have an obligation to uncover as much as we can. And later commented, I feel kind of blessed in a way that we were able to do it. It's a part of history that may never have been brought to light otherwise. So the excavation of this mission site on Amelia Island was highly unusual in that usually archaeologists have to fight and sue in court in order to protect remains that are found on building sites. Uh, but rather, in this case, they were able to have free range to explore. And in their excavation, they found a set of church foundations and a small cemetery with at least eight people buried there. And it seems that these remains had been luckily protected by the foundations of another house built in the 1700s, which protected the spot from acidic rainfall and erosion. And the archaeologists found that the Indian population that lived around this mission had been severely weakened and shrunken, mainly by diseases introduced by the Spanish. Among the objects that they found were this bronze seal, right, which is uh, a stamp just large enough to hold in one's hand, and on the end showing a design of St. Catherine of Alexandria. So who is St. Catherine of Alexandria, and why did she show up on this Spanish seal found at this colonial mission? St. Catherine was a 4th century martyr, a young woman, uh, reportedly a teenager, who was uh, a brilliant scholar and debater and orator. She challenged the Roman emperor about his persecutions of Christians, and in response, the Emperor Maxentius reportedly brought forth pagan philosophers and scholars to debate her. And when she defeated them, she was sentenced to death, to various forms of torture and, and execution. But they found that she was unkillable, right? that she resisted all kinds of torture and attempted executions. And eventually she was sentenced to be broken and killed on the wheel, on a spiked wheel. But supposedly the wheel shattered into pieces as soon as she touched it. Okay, and then finally she was eventually executed as a Christian martyr uh, on her own orders with a sword. So the story of St. Catherine of Alexandria circulated for centuries and eventually became very popular in the late Middle Ages, and she's shown a lot in late medieval European art, usually dressed in a crown and a gown, uh, as she is seen on this mission seal, uh, showing her high social status, and often holding a sword, 
which was the instrument by which she was executed, and also a broken wheel or fragments of a wheel uh, showing her invincibility and resistance to torture. So she was very widely venerated, especially in the 14 and 1500s. She's one of the saints who reportedly appeared in Joan of Arc's visions. She also had a college named after her at Cambridge in England. And she's seen as a symbol, of course, of martyrdom, right, of suffering and dying for the faith, as all martyrs are. Also of virginity. She was a young, unmarried woman, and hence assumed to be a virgin. And she also is seen as a saint representing preaching and conversion, because she preached the gospel and supposedly defeated these pagan opponents in debate. So for all of these reasons, she's a natural figure for missionaries to take up, right? who are often going out into the wilds, welcoming or seeking out martyrdom, who are at least in theory uh, virginal, right? Uh, celibate, although, you know, who knows if they really were or not, uh, but in theory, and also they're preachers spreading the gospel. So for all of these reasons, it makes a lot of sense that missionaries might choose her as their symbol and their patron. But it's also significant that this Spanish mission probably dates to the 16 and early 1700s, and the seal might be even older than that. And in a way, you can see it as a holdover of late medieval Catholic piety, which was uh, already in decline, even in Catholic Europe, let alone in the Protestant countries. Uh, so it can be seen to, to represent how Spanish colonial religion, in a lot of ways, was already old-fashioned uh, and outdated. Now, the seal object itself would, of course, be used to press the insignia of the mission into sealing wax, which would then be used, of course, to enclose and seal letters and messages. So the seal was a tool of authentication of communications. And hence, in a lot of ways, it was the material embodiment and the most important object in the entire mission, because it meant that the legitimacy and the authority of the mission as an institution was bound up in this uh, instrument that could authenticate their communications with other missions, with the church, and with the Spanish government, right? Basically, without this seal, communication, and hence even supplies and protection, would be cut off. Right? So, so in a lot of ways, you can see the seal itself as kind of the crucial tether connecting this mission outpost to the Spanish Empire and, and to European civilization. So seals like this, because they were used to authenticate messages, they had to be very intricate and detailed. They had to be perfectly executed and unique and irreplaceable. Right? In a lot of ways, you could, you could think of them sort of like the same sort of power as a password or a pass key, an encryption key in modern-day communication. But they had to be, of course, uh, made by hand. So it's really exceptional. So what is this mission, and how does it fit into the bigger history uh, of Florida? So the, the history of Florida is very important and overlooked, 
in America in general. You know, it's not counted in these 13 colonies that we tend to talk about. But it's very complex and very interesting, and I think I'll probably do more about it later. Uh, I might do a whole separate lecture just on the history of Florida. But as for this particular mission and why was it so significant, well, I already talked previously in my segment about the bronze cannon, which is on Patreon for patrons only. I talked about the creation of St. Augustine and how St. Augustine was initially created basically as a temporary outpost to facilitate the destruction of the French colony, the French Protestant colony at Fort Caroline. So in a lot of ways, Spanish Florida was really a kind of uh, advanced military bulwark trying to protect Spain's claims on North America against encroachment by Northern Europeans. And it happened that St. Augustine, because of its placement and because of politics, and it ended up lasting and becoming a permanent Spanish colony for centuries. And after about 1570, the Spanish slowly started trying to expand the colony and to create a bigger European presence in Florida. But they found that it was too difficult, right? The climate and the land, the disease environment, the animals in the tropical swamps, it was simply too, too hard to create a permanent European foothold. So they ended up basically withdrawing back to just St. Augustine, and that remained the only significant Spanish settlement. And rather than expanding the colony, instead they sent out sort of advanced imperial shock troops in the form of Catholic missionaries, particularly Franciscan missionaries, right, who would go out into, into the whole region that they called Florida and try to set up a sort of, you might say, a kind of unequal alliance with the indigenous peoples, right, Tumukua and others. And the idea was that the missionaries would bring the gospel and baptize Native Americans, especially Native American leaders, as Christians, and then co-opt them without usually using violence or force, but try to uh, co-opt them through use of trade goods, money, persuasion, threats, into becoming kind of junior partners of Spain and accepting Spanish suzerainty and aligning with Spain against any possible uh, encroachment or uh, interlopers from Northern Europe, right? Particularly the French and then the British. So very small numbers of Franciscan missionaries could be very pivotal and have exercised huge influence on the entire political scene far beyond St. Augustine. And one mission in particular was set up as kind of the farthest northernmost advance outpost to sort of monitor and hold the line against northern European colonizers. And that was the mission of Santa Catalina, uh, or specifically Santa Catalina de Guale, or the, the St. Catherine mission to the Guale people. And this mission was initially founded around 1590 on the island today called St. Catherine's Island in Georgia. Right, So the, the, 
the, Sp the Spanish name after St. Catherine of Alexandria has stuck. Right? And so we know that that is where the mission first began. Right? So uh, basically facing northward, uh, ready to uh, maintain Spanish claims and to rally Spanish indigenous allies against the French and now also the English, who had just in 1587 created their first American colony at Roanoke. So this small mission of Santa Catalina de Guale was governed largely by negotiation and sometimes struggle between the Franciscan missionaries and the leaders of the Huale nation called Nikos. Okay. Uh, and it lasted for almost a century until it was destroyed in 1680 by English raiders who embarked south from South Carolina. Right. So it was caught pretty quickly in that inter-imperial line of fire once the English had extended their colonies down as far as South Carolina. So these English raiders defeated Captain uh, Francisco de Fuentes and the mixed Spanish and Huale musketeers who tried to defend uh, the mission. So this was really an opening shot in the direct struggle between England and Spain over the southeastern part of North America, right? And, and that struggle would continue back and forth in all kinds of different ways. So the location of this uh, destroyed outpost on St. Catherine's Island was lost, right? There was no detailed map. There was no very specific record explaining exactly where the mission was. And it was unknown until eventually the land trust that owned St. Catherine's Island in 1977 asked for the Natural History Museum in New York City to send archaeologists to investigate. And eventually they did find uh, the remains, the foundations of the mission, which was arranged in a strict grid pattern with uh, dwelling houses called pueblos arranged around a central rectangular plaza. And on the west end of the plaza, a very simple church and attached refectory. And this layout is very significant because it's exactly like the layout of Spanish colonial towns that they created in Latin America, uh, in places like Mexico and Colombia and Peru, uh, cities like Lima, Veracruz. So it seems that these missionaries really thought of, of Santa Catalina de Huale as similar to other Spanish possessions in the Americas. Uh, which would be set up as kind of almost like little Christian New Jerusalems, mimicking their image of, of the biblical Jerusalem, and again, building itself on top of the existing local indigenous population. Right? This is very different from what the English did at sort of the opposite extreme, which was simply try to expel and push out the indigenous people, whereas the Spanish saw it more as their duty to uh, shepherd and co-opt and exploit the existing indigenous nations. So the initial mission, which probably started around 1590, apparently was burned down in 1597, and a lot of the important objects, like the church bells, were destroyed. So this probably represents an uprising 
in which the indigenous people may have turned against the missionaries. But the mission was rebuilt uh, and expanded after 1604. And it seems that hundreds of indigenous people were buried there in the cemetery and Christian objects like rosaries and crosses have been found in graves, uh, indicating probably many converts and also thousands of glass beads probably obtained through trade from Europe, rather like the set of chevron-patterned glass beads that I discussed earlier that were probably first brought by Hernando de Soto. In uh, 1680, as I said, this mission on St. Catherine's Island was destroyed by the English from South Carolina, and it seems that it relocated and started to rebuild after about 1690 on Amelia Island, right, in this site that's now part of Florida. But we know, because of this mission seal, we know that it was, at least in principle, it was the same mission, probably staffed by some of the same people, and uh, designed and governed in largely the same way, right? And it's, it's the survival of that seal that, in effect, makes it officially the same mission. However, the people around Amelia Island were not Huale, they were mainly Timucuan, right? That was the largest uh, indigenous nation on the east coast of Florida. And Timucuan people had lived there since about the year 1000. So there had been several hundred years of, of habitation. The first Spanish mission on the island was actually Santa Maria de Sena, founded in 1573. So in that sort of early first wave of expansion out of St. Augustine, uh, so the Spanish actually called it Santa Maria Island. Uh, St. Catherine's Mission, Santa Catalina, relocated there, as I said, but didn't last there for very long either. It was eventually destroyed in 1702, by again by the English, commanded by the colonial governor, James Moore. And this was part of the huge, really worldwide war between England and its main Catholic enemies on the continent, which the English called the War of the Spanish Succession. Uh, colonists sometimes called it Queen Anne's War. So it was the same war in which uh, the so-called Deerfield Raid took place in Massachusetts, where French-aligned Native Americans attacked an English frontier colonial town. Uh, it's the same war that's referred to in the recent movie, The Favorite, centering on Queen Anne and her courtiers. Uh, so it was really a massive uh, international war. And again, Santa Catalina mission was caught up in this inter-imperial warfare. It seems that whatever uh, the missionaries may have hoped, that particular mission was never rebuilt. And the Spanish eventually retreated and withdrew completely from Amelia Island. Uh, and probably the island was uh, completely or almost completely uninhabited for a period of time in the early 1700s. Eventually, James Oglethorpe, the founding governor of Georgia, of this newest English colony, sort of pushing the boundary further and further down the coast, Oglethorpe of Georgia had a troop of Highlanders, of Scottish Highlanders, build a fortress on the northern end of the island to kind of lay claim to it. And he renamed it Amelia Island in honor of 
the now British princess, Amelia, the daughter of King George II. And Oglethorpe negotiated with the Spanish to cede the island to Britain, but Spain soon after rescinded the agreement. And basically for the next uh, hundred years, well, more than a hundred years, the island was rapidly and repeatedly passed back and forth. Uh, you might say as a, in a kind of tug of war or maybe as a white elephant between uh, Spain and Britain and eventually the United States as well. It briefly was used as an indigo plantation by British planters who produced uh, the cash crop indigo with slave labor. But this eventually was abandoned when the island, along with most of Florida, was ceded back to Spain. Uh, and British colonists, including many American British loyalists, uh, withdrew from Florida when, when it was handed back over to Spain. And then, while it was under Spanish rule in the late 1700s and early 1800s, there were repeated rebellions by American uh, settlers and illegal migrants who wanted to seize the territory and join the United States. And for a while, Amelia Island became the base of a set of rebels who created a so-called Republic of Floridas in 1817. Uh, after that, it again became a slave plantation colony. It was claimed and fortified by the United States with a fortress called Fort Clinch. Fort Clinch was seized by Confederates in January 1861, before the Civil War proper even began. But then shortly thereafter, it was occupied by the Union, which had superior naval power, and it was used as a base for the Freedmen's Relief Association. So the Union troops legally freed the slaves on the island and American missionaries, particularly led by women, created schools and and relief institutions to support the ex-slaves. So in a lot of ways, Amelia Island can be seen as kind of a, a microcosm of what happened to Florida, of this sort of tug of war. And eventually, of course, it became a site for sea seaside retirement communities <laughs> and, and beachfront property. And it was while uh, the island was being developed in this way in the 1980s, that this site of what of the last incarnation of the Santa Catalina mission was discovered. Uh, and as I said, it was unusual that the Dorians who owned this piece of land were very conscientious about preserving and recovering the history that could be found there. And this, of course, raises the question of how many other important sites might be out there that have simply been covered over or ignored or hushed up by real estate developers, especially in the very heavily developed Florida coastline. Right? And so this is all the more reason why this mission seal, which was so crucial at the time when it was created and used, is so unique and unusual as an important discovery from colonial Florida. So thank you so much for listening. Again, please uh, go to my Patreon page, also under Historian Splaining, if you can give any support and if you want to hear any other patron-only material, such as the previous discussion of the French bronze cannon that was found in a shipwreck off of Florida. 
and uh, also follow Historian Splaining on Twitter. And if you're interested, please check out Mass of Contradictions, and the link should be in the description. Thank you.